Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our VP of Operations, Amanda, and on our wonderful reoccurring guest, Allison Donahue. And for those of you who may not remember, uh, Allison is a best-selling author. She's a successful entrepreneur. She's been doing this since uh, for over 20 years, which is amazing. And today we're going to be talking about a really a, a great topic that Allison and I were sort of talking offline about, and it got us really excited. It's about the tendency of women to tear other women down, and how we can change that and be kinder to no- to one another. So, Allison, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure spending time with you. Well, we are just thrilled to have you back. And I know Amanda and I are really excited to get into this conversation. Um, But before we get started, I want to remind everyone out there, if you are joining us for the first time, uh, please don't miss a single episode and go ahead and subscribe to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while while you're doing that, please go ahead and share the love and click all five stars. Okay, so let's get right to this. And I'm going to look at my notes a little bit here. Um, So this is our topic. Um, And Allison, I sort of wanted to start with, you know, the conversation rolling with you. When have you seen women tearing other women down? And have you been a victim of this? And or have you ever been the perpetrator? (laughs) Well, my short answers are everywhere. Yes. And yes. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think it is so ingrained in who we are as women and how we've been socialized that it's apparent all the time. I see evidence of it in so many ways, in so many places, in the workplace, at the mall, people are trying on clothes. It doesn't seem to matter. And um, definitely, I think any female that's been alive long enough has certainly been a a victim of this and has felt the scorn of other women. And yeah, like I've been guilty of looking at somebody and going, oh my God, doesn't she have any friends that tell her not to wear that? Like, you know, it is just, and then, you know, I catch myself and I think, oh, that's, that's awful. She definitely has the right to wear whatever she wants and she's rocking it and that's cool. But if there is a really big awareness, a big shift that has to happen from, doesn't she have any friends and disguise that as I'm actually concerned about her and recognize that it's some sort of superiority that I'm feeling in myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was thinking back about this, about when um, I've I've had conversations around this topic about judging people. I mean, I still remember this incredibly crazy conversation in Los Angeles with a group of my peers. And we're all, you know, uh, executives were closing multimillion dollar deals and they start going on about how the purse you carry um, matters so much when you're um, uh, when you're going in to meet with your clients and I sat there as just sort of like this sort of stunned expression on my face. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like who cares what as I mean, and I've thought about like, well, the only way I would judge someone if the purse was torn and tattered and, and, but I don't, if it's neat and tidy, I don't care what it really looks like or where, what kind of brand is stamped on it. And so that was this really interesting conversation. Should it matter if it's torn? Well, that's true. I mean, I guess uh, from a professional level, that is something that you would make a judgment call on if another professional was using uh, something that wasn't in good repair. But you're right. It is that is being judgmental. And I did catch myself 
um, thinking about when I've done something like that. And I did remember a time when I was uh, working at a company and one of the women's sales reps, she came into the office one day wearing a completely sheer blouse without a bra. Hmm. Every man in, in the in the facility was like doing a triple, quadruple take. I thought their heads were going to snap off. Uh, and that was definitely something that I was, I just felt very strongly that that was not appropriate uh, to wear in the workplace, <laughs> in our workplace, at least. <laughs> I think depending on what kind of workplace you have, maybe it could be appropriate, but certainly not in our workplace. And that was definitely something that I was really concerned about. And also that she was going out and seeing clients and something like this. It was, it's like, this is not how our company, our reputation that we want to be represented. And so that was a case where, yeah, I was making a judgment call, but it was where then it was like, well, how do we handle this? And so we ended up a group of the women, we took her out to lunch and sort of, sort of kindly talked about how people perceive you and how they make a snap judgment based on like wearing something that's completely sheer without a bra. And, mm-hmm. and after that, uh, I mean, we try to be as kind as possible, but it was, it was just not suitable for that place, that time and place. And she, she did alter her. She didn't wear that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, I think it's different though. Like that is, um, <laughs> I think there's a difference between trying to shame another woman and be critical for the sake of being critical and saying, you know, just you might not know the etiquette here, but just to let you know, and you can do you, right? If at the end of this conversation, you still want to dress like that, that's totally up to you. But just so you know, and you have the information, this is what it's making you look like. You're not going to get ahead because of your brains. Yeah. Right. It's different. Totally different. Right. Well, I was going to say, speaking of making judgments, why do you think women might judge and criticize other women so harshly? You know, when it is a harsh criticism rather than, you know, being concerned about something. I think um, for a couple of reasons. One, I think it makes us feel superior and, uh, you know, we're trying to get our worth externally. So if I can make you look bad, I can somehow feel better about myself. And it's messy and it's warped, but that's, you know, really how we function and trying to figure out how to connect with our worthiness. Um, The other thing, I think it's in our DNA. You know, the survival of women over the years means landing the best man to secure our future and the benefits for our children from landing a good man. And so it, we needed to undermine other women. We needed to be critical. We needed them to look a little less amazing than us so that we could survive better. And our DNA, I think, travels very, very slowly. And society tra- travels very, very quick. And so on the one hand, we might be being told to be nice to other women and hold each other up, but our DNA has not caught up to that yet. And so there is this conflict between the two, which leads us to our go-to would be our own survival and to try to make ourselves look better. Whereas if we're talking about it, 
on a more general sort of level, we want to say, hey, let's be nice to each other. We should be. We should hold each other up. But the reality is that's not our go-to. Right. I think what you're saying makes sense, like in terms of survival and, you know, wanting to stand out a little bit. Um, I was reading a book recently called Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, and that one's more about um, racism. But it talks about the idea that people who are in a group of people who's marginalized or subjugated, they tend to... um, because they're in like this lower rung as viewed by other people in society, they tend to kind of tear each other down in order, like other people in within their own group down order, in order to make themselves look better. So um, it's like their way of gaining some power or, or being seen as not as less than than others, you know? So I think that can apply to women as well. You know, women have historically been, less respected than men. And so um, when you look at women, they might, especially in the workplace, they might try to push other women down so that they're higher up, at least than those other women. Yeah, I've always, from my work experience, certainly, um, more so than just general life, but from my work experience, I've seen that women uh, can be insecure and that they're their own demons of insecurity and to make themselves feel better, which I think is sort of a take on both of what you're saying, um, they will um, do these things to push other women down, um, disparage them, uh, make snarky comments behind their back. Uh, and that's because that they're just not comfortable or they don't feel secure enough in that their position or they're afraid of the competition, they're, they're insecure of their own abilities. They have that imposter syndrome, so they're afraid that somebody else is going to figure it out, that they they really don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's this is a mindset piece, and I think that that can be an element of why women can be so judgmental and critical um, of other women. Oh, for sure. It's the work that I do with worthiness, right? That's the foundation of everything. We're going to get it one way or another. We need to feel like we have value. We need to feel that we have worth. And if I am not secure in knowing that I'm worthiness just simply because I am alive and the stars lined up to make sure I got here, I am going to try to get my worthiness externally, which means I either have to make you agree with me or I have to make you look bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned how society moves faster than our DNA. Um, how have you seen the prevalence and expression of women tearing each other down change over the years? I don't think it's changed as quickly as we like to think it has. You know, I think we can post things on Facebook saying, hold each other up, you know, girls supporting girls, that whatever um, those memes are going to say, but we're not behaving that way. So I see less blatancy now, but I don't necessarily see a reduction in it. You know, I still... You know, with young women that I speak to, I still hear them criticizing each other and treating them exactly the same way as when I was their age, how we we women treated each other. And so I think we think we're further along that evolution than we actually are. And I think because it's sneaky the way we do it, it is, um, you know, it's so hard to articulate when it's happening. It's very uh, covert. In, in its execution, 
which makes it hard to identify. And out of context, it's hard to identify as well. So you could say, wow, that wasn't really nice when you were like, well, look at her outfit. And she's like, what? I was looking at her outfit. No, you kind of weren't. You were kind of criticizing her outfit. And I, did I say that? I was not. I, I stick up for women. So it's very hard to pinpoint when we're doing it. And if we can't pinpoint it, how do we correct it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I also think there's an element, there can be an element of like envy and or jealousy, which are two different things, but that it's tied up in those emotions as well. And, you know, you can see that. Um, and sometimes I found myself going to someone else's home and, and I'm thinking like, how, I mean, how is she, she's so creative and she's, everything looks so put together and, and instead I sort of reflect it back on myself. Okay. My place is like, I've got stuff everywhere. I got piles. I got stuff to, and it, it's, and so it's like this feeling like, wow. Okay. Um, so it's not necessarily tearing them down, but you can also revert it back where you're tearing yourself down. And not giving the, that due respect to them. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. by not acknowledging their brilliance is a way of tearing them down, right? A way of yeah. not seeing them. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I I will say that I've always been really good about, you know, acknowledging that it's just like, wow, I never thought I still remember a long, long time ago, one of my friends, I mean, first time I went to her apartment, and she had taken all these different shopping bags from different places, just paper shopping bags, and put different colors of tissue paper in it and sort of poofed it out. And then she'd pin those up along the wall to create like this collage, this bright, colorful uh, collage. <laughs> And it was like, okay, so this cost her what, two bucks for the tissue paper? And I was just like, wow, that's so creative. That I where would I would never even have thought of that or gotten that idea. And, and I told her that, but it was it was beautiful and it was bright and cheerful. And uh, it was one of those things that I was just like, I I don't, couldn't do that if my life depended on it. But I could be. Um, you know, celebrate her creativity of coming up with this, this amazing idea. I do think that's a little bit twofold, though, as well, because as women, we're socialized to take care of each other. So when we say, you are so brilliant, I couldn't do that, we are now putting that woman in a position where they have to make us feel better. <laughs> okay. Oh, they, they lose out on that compliment, right? Because they're now caretaking are, oh, but you do so many other things that are so great, right? Oh, this is nothing. And so then we diminish our own experience to make that person in front of us who said that we're maybe better at something or whatever than they are. Um, and it's now shifting it. So even as women, we're not able to say, oh, my God, you're brilliant, period. <laughs> right? Follow it up with something else. We have to follow it up with something self-depreciating, and then we make them make us feel better. <laughs> right? That's all part of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and this really leads into that whole thing. You know, you know, why is this conversation that we're having so important to talk about um, women tearing other women down? Mm -hmm. I think because it is so. Subtle. It is so covert. And when we're not talking about it, we don't see it. When we're not having conversations like this about having shorter sentences, just saying you're brilliant, we don't necessarily compute the rest of it. 
we don't understand the, the fallout of the and the second part of the sentence. Uh, and so like anything, when we don't talk about it, we don't have awareness, we can't do better. And so the talking about it, the giving of examples without judgment, because Lynn, I do it too, right? And I catch myself and I'm like, oh, and then I have somebody point out to me going, that wasn't very nice. And I'm like, whoa, what? What did I do? What did I do? I don't even know, right? But if we don't have these open conversations, we are going to continue to stay in a place where we think we are doing better than we actually are. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, they say like if... You can't solve a problem until you know that you have a problem. And I think a lot of people just are not really aware of um, certain things that they're saying. So it, it's really important that we talk about it and get these ideas out there. I mean, mm -hmm. even on this podcast already, I've learned some things from you. I mean, when you were um, saying how um, that's so beautiful, I could never do that. I had never thought of the implications of the I could never do that part of the yeah. sentence, you know. Yeah. Um, and you don't think about it when you're on the, the giving or the receiving ends. Mm -hmm. right? So we immediately go into that caretaking without realizing what that does to us as well. Yeah. And so it's, it creates a no-win situation. And uh, But without talking about it, yeah, how do we talk about it? Exactly. Okay. So how can we recognize when someone, especially a woman, is being unnecessarily cruel in her judgment? And how can we recognize when we're doing it ourselves? And then the follow-up to that would be how can we start to change this habit? I think the awareness comes with really connecting to how we're feeling in that moment, right? So to use Lynn's example, you're so brilliant, I couldn't do that. What feeling are you left with? It can't be complete joy for what's there because there's a back end to it. And so when we say things to each other, when we have this expectation that we know what's right for women more than they know what's right for themselves, as soon as we start entering into that arena, it's catching ourselves. It's asking questions. Oh, that's really interesting that you do that. Tell me, how does it make you feel? Uh, why is it that you do it that way? Because I'm so interested. And really making our conversations about the other person and less about ourselves. And when we can start conveying that, it feels different to us than when we're coming from a me-centered um, approach to a conversation. Yeah, I definitely think the way you phrase the questions can be also really important so that you don't put them on the defensive if you want to try to uh, bring something to the surface and talk about it. Uh, right. And it could be even that you have someone with a friend who's uh, continuously really negative. And then how do you approach that? Because that negativity is dragging you down. And so and yet there are other aspects that you enjoy this friend, but it's and it's not that things don't go sideways and you need to vent about it. But if they're, I'm talking about someone who's just really constantly doing the, the negativity and the barbs and always looking at things from that dark side. Um, and, and then how do you approach that? Um, it's like, you know, I'd sort of like to talk about how you feel about this and can you tell me more to your point? And, you know, how do you want to be perceived, you know? Uh, by others. And so then sort of talking about that, but always being respectful and giving them their dignity so that you're not, uh, it doesn't come across as a personal attack. Like, I don't like it when you do this. Right. And <laughs> There's nothing wrong with speaking to the fact that you might not be thrilled about it. 
right? We don't have to abandon our own experience. If we can't get to a place of neutrality and be fine regardless of whatever they are doing, it's totally okay to talk about it. I understand that you're feeling like your life is really messy right now, and I feel a little bit challenged being around it a lot. How can we do this differently? How can we create a win-win here? Yeah. Right? So it's not even it's not we have to be careful not to abandon our own experience in this situation. And we have to be willing to walk away from things that don't serve us. And as yeah. women, that's difficult. Yeah, it absolutely can be. So um, I, I think now we're looking at how how do you envision um, or what do you envision for the future in the sense of how would you like to see mi- women more effectively and, and truly genuinely lifting each other up? And would you prefer we act the same toward women as we do to everyone else, uh, to men, to children? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Allison and Amanda? I I would really just love to see us treating each other like humans. Not everything comes down to gender. And I have had such a life altering last two, three years when I recognized that I wasn't seeing men well and incomplete. And, and, and I expected them to understand me, but I wasn't really prepared to understand them. And it was a real eye opener for me. And now that I've gone through, the, you know, such a big chunk of that process, I hear everything being brought down to gender. And some things are just not gender. Like take mansplaining. Women do it. It's not a boy thing. It's not a girl thing. It's a human thing. And when we can start taking the gender out of it, I think it'll bring us a lot closer together. And again, it's going to create that awareness of how we are judging, how we are expressing. And is it going to change anytime soon? I would love to say absolutely. (laughs) I I am not um, that hopeful. However, I do have faith in the human spirit. And I think we will eventually get there. But we can't get there by compartmentalizing people. We can't get there by not seeing beyond what what's in, what what they're presenting to who they truly are. And conversely, we have to get past who we truly are and not just that face that we're putting out there. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Amanda? I think I mostly agree. I, I agree that I, I would like to see people treating everyone equally. Um, I think it can't be completely absolute. I mean, um, one example is the idea of being colorblind in, in regards to race. I don't think that is the right way to go. I think um, certain things you have to still be aware of in order to resolve issues that there are in terms of inequality. But um, in general, yeah, I think that I think everyone should be treated equally and treat each other equally. So that's yeah, what I would like I mean, to see. Yeah, just uh, everyone with their their dignity and their respect. Um if you give them that and that sense of that it's another human being, that's a great place to start and then start catching yourself or thinking it, is this the best way to approach this? What did I, did I just judge someone um, uh, uh, unfairly, you know, or, or just like a knee jerk reaction, which isn't the right way to go. And uh, like, why am I doing that? And then sort of taking that step back for yourself so that you could can and and these types of conversations and and bringing shining light on this and having these conversations, uh, whether you're listening to this podcast or you do it with a group of your friends, I mean, 
this will all push us forward. And also how we have these conversations with our children, sons and daughters, um, you know, so that we help them. Obviously, with each generation, we're helping them move further along than we were ourselves. So that as we become aware of these things, that we can help teach these or instill these um, in our children. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been <laughs> Allison. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and uh, really connecting on um, that that sense of your own your worth. Um, into the conversation because you're so brilliant on that. And I just really feel like this was an important conversation, Amanda, also with how um, and the ways in which women tear each other down and what we can do about it so we can move forward. Um, and I'd love, uh, Allison, for you to share with our listeners how and where they can find more about you. Um, and you have an exclusive offer for our Claim Your Career Crown audience. I do. So people can find me easiest way, dominothinking.com. All my contact information's on there. And there's a free giveaway on there as well so that you can start becoming more present and understand where you're at in the moment. It's called Brave. So definitely go there, download it, and uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on it. And I also offer a program around worthiness called Reclaim Your Worth. And I do group work and I do one-on-one -on -one going through this program. It's a rinse and repeat eight-week program that helps you understand where your worth is coming from so that you can catch yourself in the moment and go, oh, why am I judging them? Like, what is going on? Why? What part of me is feeling that need? And it's just, um, it's been so cool watching people go through that process. So I am promoing the one-on-one. -on -one. It's regularly $9.97 and it's on for $7.97 for your listeners. And yeah, yeah, and we'll put the coupon code in the link for everyone um, and so that you can take advantage of this just amazing work that uh, you can do with Allison. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So for everyone, uh, thank you for joining us. This has been a great, such a valuable uh, conversation and a discussion about how to be kinder. Um, if you have any ideas that you would like to share, um, please uh, leave us a comment. Uh, we love hearing your thoughts. You, if you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for conversation, you can email us at jointheconversationatpetitequeen.com. And of course, to stay current on all of our insightful advice, uh, breakthrough advantages, the resources we offer, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petite to queen.com. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Allison. Thanks.